Okay, it's a pleasure to uh, welcome you all today to Live from My Drum Room. And uh, I'm going to bring on the star of the show, my guest, my old buddy, Pat Petrillo. Hey, what's up? Hey, buddy. You doing good? I'm doing great, pal. Thanks for being patient. I, I said I wouldn't do a long intro, and you know, I get talking and I can't stop. So. Thanks for being a patient. Yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Check me in, brother. Check me in. <laughs> oh, hey, you're too funny. Listen, you went, you went to the motherland, a little mangiare, little vino. Oh, yeah. Nothing to be ashamed of there, bro. Yeah. You and, you know, know as a matter do? of fact, more than a little, Pat, more than a little, but it's. <laughs> you will be running that off. You probably ran half of it off today. I don't know about that. I tried, but you know, I'm getting older. I, I, I did get out. I hadn't, I hadn't run even before we left for our trip. I hadn't run in a few days and then I didn't run at all for that week I was there. So I was like, I got to make this count this morning. All right. I don't run at all either. So <laughs> I run to the dinner table. That's yeah. But you, you know, you have other ways of burning it off. Up. Yeah, absolutely. And Thanks for having me, that, bro. Really, oh, really. My pleasure. My honor. Pleasure. Um, as I said, as I said in the intro, uh, you know, 99, this is the 99th episode and it's crazy that it's taken this long to have you here. So thank oh, you for your right. patience. Now we got a, we have a great reason to be here. That's right. Absolutely. There Absolutely. And, uh, congratulations on the record. We're going to totally get into that in a little bit, but I just want to say, I've been, I was digging it on the plane ride home yesterday. I went this morning on my run, I was listening to it and, and uh, it's it's just grows on you. It's I, I dug it when I first heard it, but I'm really digging all the, you, you know, the playing is just off the hook. Everybody, yeah, it's great. Some great players, and 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 just honored to have such a great, you know, lineup of special guests. And um, I think everything came out really well. We took our time. It was actually a year ago this week that we went in um, to the power station to, to, to cut it, and um, but. You know, you got to take your time with it. Like, you know, yeah. we had discussed a little earlier and, and make sure, you know, the mixes are right. And then, you know, still with COVID going on throughout the winter, last winter and stuff, you know, couldn't really go in the studio that much, this and that. It was at that peak, you know, so it's like, take your time. It'll all work out, you know. So, so here it is. And yeah, and yeah. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. Uh, it's a little, it's a little '70s funky, huh? Totally. Cool. And I think that's why I was thinking about that this morning. I'm going. I think, I hope if I say that, Pat's not going to think I'm. Um, no, man. Referencing it as like because it, it's that's my oh, that's my man. my jam. It's your jam, and it's it's totally funky '70s. Well, listen, organic. We're, very organic. It's you know like, um, to me, it's, it's, it's a very, and I said this to a few reviewers have already, already st stated that, but it's a very New York centric record. I mean, it's a power station and, and I wanted to try to cut a, a bunch of tracks that were actually done at power station, you know, and re just redo them. Uh, and, um, with, with fortunate to have one of the guys who was actually there who made his living at the power station now Rogers. So, yeah. uh, to me, it's a, um, music that I had in my head um, and that I wanted to create and, and do and be very periodic about it, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a groove record, just a bunch of different grooves, a lot of different genres. 
really cool. Nonsense. And so, so speaking of that, Pat, so a year ago at this time, you guys were tracking how, how far before, like how, how long had you had this idea in your mind that you want, like how many months before that did you start really planning it, putting the band well, together? Well, you know, the first record was the Abbey Road Sessions. I guess we'll talk about that one, but um, too, but you know, like last, like when, when COVID was really happening, I started, you know, had some time on my hands <laughs> yeah. as we all did. So, <laughs> and, you know, and we weren't, you know, the, the messed up thing is I had some things, you know, before uh, there's a lot of messed up things about COVID, but right. That spring, you know, when we had a few things that were starting to roll with gigs and stuff and it's like, okay, so much for that. So that's pretty much when it started planning so let's do another record. And and I'm just, you know, first of all, I want to thank everybody that contributed to the Kickstarter on both records, the Abbey Road sessions and the Power Station sessions. And because uh, without that support, I mean, the record wouldn't happen, you know. So yeah. I thank them for making, you know, I guess over the years, people like like what I've done and in, in playing, teaching clinics, what have you. So thank you for that. And so we started planning a good year. I started planning a good year before that and arranging, writing. and then. Um, started to get the ball rolling and and it, and I guess it, it started with um having Nile on the record because the first the first track is 48th Street and I wrote this as an homage to the what 48th Street used to be as we all yeah. know I know you know oh, and man. me as a puppy man like when I was in you know in, in school in high school and and then come back from college 48th Street was a place you went not just to buy stuff but to hang there were studios there right every everything was there and it was a great vibe so i just kind of wrote it as an homage to that you know and i had nile in my head the whole time so you know just butting around a little bit with some chords and and a groove that i had in mind and and um you know put some chords together some melodies and then i i hooked up with my buddy chris fisher who lives in baltimore he's from jersey and new york but he lives in baltimore now and we went back and forth with some ideas and crafted it and you know, got it to Nile and he was like, yeah, man, this is great. You know? So when you, when wow. you hear that pocket, I mean, it's like, okay, this is where it is. And <laughs> yeah. that's it. There's no, there's no denying it, you know, but I wanted to make it um, a very New York centric record and get those kind of guys involved who had a, such a great part of the history of New York groove music, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it totally, it's, it's seeped in like a New York vibe to me. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's great to hear that that backstory to that. Mm -hmm. And so, when you guys went in and tracked, were you got was the band in there live at the same time, more or less? Like you guys were like old school. Well, we had a little bit. We, you know, we still had some COVID kind of things happening. You know, last year we were still, you know, that thing happening. So, I mean, yeah. Power Station was just starting to kind of get back up and running. So, actually, half of the record um, we had two days. So, you know, based on what everybody's availability was, half of, well, not half, maybe four tracks, um, I cut at um, my horn player, Steve Jankowski's. He cut um, him and in, 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 uh, he did the horns and we had bone and sax cut to just a loop. And so they cut some of the horns in case, you know, we couldn't get that in there. Sure. So half yeah. of it was the horns were pre-cut. And then I cut drums there and rhythm section and all that stuff live. And then the next day, then I put like four or five others we had, we cut live with the band uh, on one of the days and uh, in studio C 
and you know, I just had everybody spread out. And I used um, two kits, um, the L- uh, Ludwig Legacy Mahogany Series kit, which is right over there. Yeah. And that's 10, 12, 14, and then 22 by 14. Uh, so that was for the sort of like the more newer modern stuff. And then I had a, a club date kit, which is a 20, um, uh, 12 and a 14, a 20 by 14 kick. But I then I had a, a boatload of snares, which are all mm-hmm. over there. I probably use six or seven snares, um, black beauty, acrylite, superphonic, vista light, uh, old, um, proper phonic. Um, so I kind of bounced around depending on the track. So I, I, I had probably more snares than I did anything. Snare sounds yeah, so amazing. Thought it was snares. over two days. And the yeah. snares were the big thing. Snares sound amazing. I, I, I figured there was more, at least more than one. I didn't know you had that many. Hey, Dave Abrazis, good to see you, brother. I was going to ask you, um, was, and I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was, if it was Hey Pocky Way, but one of the snare drums, is, as I'm listening, you know, it's like my AirPods while I'm running and I'm thinking it, Sounded like a black beauty. What I think of black it beauty was sounds. a black beauty. It was a black beauty on on the uh, Ludwig um, Club Date kit. Yeah, it okay. was a black beauty. Yep, detuned a little bit, warm, rich, oh, fat. Man, killer. Yeah, yeah. thank and, you. Man. Yeah, absolutely. And and so cool that you did it in this legendary room that is just like so many great records were made there. You probably can't make a drum sound bad i'm thinking but not at all you know. not at all and one of the there's a there's a bunch of side stories to this so you know now rogers cut a lot of the chic stuff there and in that room so yeah. there's that but then i i wanted to do like new york artists covered by our band in a foreign band vibe so i couldn't think of anything better than um billy joel's big man on mulberry street yeah so Liberty's groove on that is is so incredible, right? It's the back shuffle thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, talked to Liberty a bunch about it. And I was like, man, listen, I want to pay homage to this. And, I'm, you know, um, I just can't thank you enough for the, what you provided groove-wise on this song. We're going to arrange it for horns and stuff like that. So we were talking and I said, you know, he said, well, what room are you in? I said, we're in C. He goes, that's where we cut it. Oh. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's crazy. More crazy. My engineer was Roy Hendrickson. And, you know, we we're doing it. And he was like, listen, man, I, I was a puppy. I was a young guy. I was on that session. He like was as a second assist- engineer or something? Or- he was an assistant engineer. Yeah. And, you know, and he remembers being in Liberty. He was like, yeah, man, I remember being in the room. I was up on a little riser and everything and, and the room sounded great. So not only did, you know, I hopefully paid and did it justice, but we did it in the room using one of the same engineers. <laughs> and so it's, that's that, but that's the beauty of it. That's what I wanted to create. You know what I yeah. mean? So, uh, and then he, he got it to Billy and Billy said he loved it. So check. Mark. Oh, Oh man, come on. It doesn't yeah. get any better than that. Yeah. Jesus. Right on. So, so that was, that was really beautiful. You know, and Liberty is Liberty. He's just a great yeah. drummer and great groove player. And, and that was an homage. So there's two right there. That's great, man. Now we just got to get Ringo. 
Man. To hear it, you well, know. Well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. I know, I know. He's a he's a hard man. Hey, by the way, well, Pat, let's you and I re- keep a mental note of um, remembering we want to give away a couple of things. And I, I don't want oh, to get yes. to the end of the show. And we'll look at some of these. Um, we got vinyl. We got a yeah. CD. All right, cool. We got All right. T-shirts. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll look at some of these questions and we'll, we'll figure it out by the end. We'll figure out okay. who's going to, who's going to get what. Cool. Got it. Um, so, so just to continue talking about the record, um, symbols sound amazing. You know, I'm, of course I'm sort of zeroed in on that. And I, and mm-hmm. I, you know, when I sent you the text yesterday, I said, I assume that's the organic ride. And it was like really stupid question to even ask you. I know <laughs> oh, it- it's, it's it was so on most. It was it like so. So I had the two kids in the room. They were facing each other. So we in the pre-pro meeting that we had with Roy, you know, he was like, "Yeah, man, this is set them both up." I was like, "Well, okay, yeah." He says, "Like, it's not like we don't have enough mics." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," and so we set them up like this. And one side, I don't know if you, anybody's ever been in Power Station C, but it's it's the same as A, just not as just not as big. But you could definitely fit two kits in there. So on the on the kit that had the more modern stuff like a 48th Street and on um, uh, uh, Black Cow and a few others, I used that, that kit, Organic Ride. Um, in terms of crashes, it was mostly um, – I had Corope, um 18 crash. I had a 16K dark crash, uh, 18 um, – uh, the new redesigned, um, yeah, well, I keep forgetting the uh, Azildjian or the Avitas or the no, the 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 K, um, the special dries, the new oh, special yeah. dries, yeah, yeah. yeah, and a couple of 14 uh, and a 12 splash. Uh, but then on the other kit, which was more retro y, was um, the stuff that Paul made for me f- for the Abbey Road sessions, which was the Avitas with the with the, the 20 with the rivets like Ringo and the 18 and yeah. 15 inch hats. Uh, and then I put, I, I probably used this, the, uh, 16 K, uh, dark crash as well, but that was it for that, for more like the, the retro stuff, like sure. for pay pocket way and for Asbury days for though, you know, for those kind of tracks. So a couple different things. Yeah. So yeah. while the, while the organic definitely could, can handle it, I wanted that little bit more washy, sizzly, uh, thing, not as much articulation, you know? Yeah, it could hear that for sure, and and uh, and then those, like the tunes where you were playing the bell. I mean, it was it was it was so perfect. It's, it's and what's so beautiful about the the organic ride is, you know, this the way we tweaked it and working with Paul on it is like the bell is there, but it's not obtuse. You know, it's not. No. It's it's just perfect. And I think the biggest honor with the organic ride that I got was when Sweetwater put it in their studio package. So wow. when you go to sweetwater.com and you want to get a, a studio a Zildjian studio package, they put the organic ride with a few K's, I think in an A or something. That's like, this is like the perfect studio setup, you know, because it's a great studio ride because it's got just enough wash and you can crash that thing and doesn't yeah. really get out of control. And it's not an ugly crash, you know, it's no, not, not at all. No, you know, you can get a crash. It's like the whole trend of what symbols of being trashy and funky and nasty. I don't want that all the time. Yeah, I want yeah. a nice, nice, beautiful sounding, you know, no, no uh, weird, um, you know, uh, harmonics that kind of like you can, after you crash, you, you hear that right, thing. Right. You just hear this, this beautiful lush crash and it's dark, you know, but 
it really it's perfect for the studio it's really well, is. you you spent a lot of time working on that i remember you coming with the idea and it you know through you know tweaking this and tweaking that and and it finally being what you wanted and and well, uh, man it was a great thing but it, it was like out of the blue i mean i it was four or five years we worked on that thing easily and they sold every time paul made and you guys went out with it it sold at every little show or every basic everything instantly. and it sold yeah and so one day i don't know what i was doing practicing or teaching or something it was like oh it's cool it's paul what's up man he goes yeah so it looks like we're going to put this on the line i was like <laughs> what you know i came out of like nowhere yes. and then you reached out to me and then the whole thing started rolling and it was one of their best-selling symbols that's great man i'm so Glad happy for you and by the way Thank everybody you. watching i've been off the payroll now from for 10 years from Zildjian. yes so this is this is this is uh you know this is mm. pure and and uh you know what am i trying to say but basically it's no it's plugs from you but it's okay yeah. with me yeah yeah and i'm happy to plug them but it's but it's for real that it's such a great symbol and it's and it's thank you bro so successful. we're working on a, a working on a little brother we're working on a little brother all right you mean you and zildjian with a symbol me and zildjian oh yeah dang yes <laughs> oh that was that was not good yes no what no but a bouge <laughs> i'm just gonna like all right i probably I don't know if I should or shouldn't, whatever, whatever. So look at that. So this is what I'm working on is the crash ride. It's a 19, the little shallower. For those of you who have the organic ride, you can tell it's nice bell, but it's not quite as pronounced, you know, as the organic, uh, as the organic ride. So this will be more of a crash ride. A little bit more crash than ride, but yeah, still great articulation. And, and then we put a couple of little divots in it. I don't know if you can see those. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just to give it a little funk. Yeah. Just a little Beautiful. funk. So we're All working right. on that. Who knows? You know. It well, may that's not great, ever man. see the light of day. But as I said with the organic ride, I got one. So. <laughs> so. Oh, man. That's great. Thank you for all of that. Well, I've already seen. I'm going to pin this question we have from. Uh, Joe Goldberger asking about the your P4 practice pad. So let's we can we can come back to that. Yeah. Um, if we can, I'm going to pin that just so we can come back to that. But uh, oh, Dave Abrazis, that is a great ride symbol. Cool. All right. Oh, Good Dave, thanks so much, man. I'm a big fan. Yeah, man. Me too. Peace, man. Big He's fan. a good dude, that Dave Abrazis. I I want to know what part of Italy his family is from. Right on. Is it a yeah. Bruzzi? Is it a Bruzzi or in that same reason that maybe that's the name? You never know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to I want to jump backwards a little bit, um, and we'll talk we'll talk more about the record a little bit later on because I, I oh had some you more mean things. this I mean ex I mean yeah, exactly this <laughs> I love it and as you said too we should we definitely should talk about the Abbey Road sessions too I mean that's that's absolutely Whatever. something. It's your yeah. show, Johnny. Well, you're 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 the man. You're you're here today. So, um, so let's talk about how you got started. I know you started playing. I'll just for everybody watching. I just want to share with you. Um, this year, this past summer, is 25 years that Pat and I have known each other. And I'll just tell you a quick little story. There's a guy, rest his soul, rest in peace, Al Moffat, who was at the time uh, I was working at Zildjian and. And uh, Pat was with another symbol company and I knew who he was. He was very well known in the industry. Um, 
as as you know, I knew you, Pat, from from your drum corps background. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. because you were like an ace drum corps guy. And Al Moffat, who was our drum corps like liaison guy, said to me, I think he'd seen you at a Sam Ash or someplace, and he introduced himself to you. And and I think, you know, Al, no one Al, he probably said, like, you know, you should play Zildjian. And you said, well, Of course, you know, that's I, what he said. That's yeah. Absolutely what he said. <laughs> no, yeah. it was more like, why aren't you playing Zildjian? Why aren't you playing Zildjian? So, yeah, to cut a long story short, he put us together. I got your number. You you called me, and that led to you coming up to Zildjian uh, in the summer of 97, 25 wow. years ago. And I remember meeting you at the train station, picking yes. you up. And the whole ride back, we talked about Ringo and the Beatles. And I'm thinking... Yeah. You're like this, uh, I knew you played drum set, of course, but I, I, you know, it kind of floored me that you like were this Beatles expert, this Ringo expert, and that kind of just bonded us from day one, you know, it's. Yeah, it did. And, and you, you know, and I thank you for, you know, thinking I'm worthy to be part of the family, man, and I'm Zildjian for life for sure. But uh, yeah, so I, I, um, I started playing very early, like many, I think many drummers had, but I had two much older brothers, so um, the music of the Beatles was it was in my family like a lot. So the, mm. by the time I really started getting, they were done pretty much as a group <laughs> before I really got into it. But the records were there, sure. So you know, um, me too. And I did, yeah. and I, and, and God's honest truth, I really didn't. Even, I didn't have a drum set, man. All I had was you know I was in school band as a kid, so I had my 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 regal tip. <laughs> And I'd be playing on the couch or, you know, I'd be down in our first floor down there with the, with the record player, you know, just listening to these. And I and I just would sing along. I would learn the lyrics. I knew every lyric. You know, what album was this on? If you if you could really see my wall right here is like they're all the records are here on this wall. They're all right here. Yeah. Yeah. And in order from Please Please Me to introducing the Beatles, meet the Beatles, the second all the way down to Let It Be. So. I, that was my first love. And, I, and, I, and before I could play to the records, I knew the songs. I knew the form. I could sing the lyrics. Just I played it so much because literally I was like an only child growing up because by the time I was six, they were gone. Mm. They were married. that much older. Yeah. That yeah. much older. So these are my new brothers. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's absolutely. what I, I just cling to that, man. And, and you know, then I finally got a little, you know, drum set from a secondhand hand-me-down i think it was called a high-low or something like that (laughs) you know and i just would and i tell how i learned to play grooves and shuffles and just imitated what i heard i never had a teacher i I didn't take drum set lessons at all and people like you full of crap it's like no i never took drum set lessons one time my mother i really i only had my neighborhood friends i didn't really want to get I wasn't into doing that, you know, it was kind of a little on the shy side, but my mom one day put me in a car and said, I'm going to take you over to the music store and get you some lessons you need, you know? So I went up there, the guy had a Remo practice pad set, you know, <laughs> said, play me what you know. So I was like, that's, that, you know, and you know, the guy was like, Oh, okay. You know, I think he was going to put me in a Haskell hard book or something, you know, <laughs> and he looked at my mom and, and I was, I was not having it. I really wasn't feeling it. And he was like, he doesn't really need lessons. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, just let him do it. So that was my experience. And I, I just played the, to my Beatles records. And then literally one day, because in my neighborhood in Jersey, you use every kind of music you could hear on my street playing out the windows, right? Yeah. 
And I literally went from Ringo to Clyde and Jabbo in one afternoon. So for one mo- and morning, I'm playing, I don't know, could be playing anything off one of the records. And I went down, bought my first James Brown eight track. And from then I'm playing like doing it to death. And I'm like, oh, this is a different kind of shuffle. Oh, okay, yeah, I yeah, got yeah. you. And then the fat back beat and all of that. So I was a self-taught drummer on drum set. And then I got involved in drum corps and that's when I learned more rudimental stuff, but nobody taught me drum set till I got to college and I started studying jazz. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I assumed you were one of these guys like Tommy Igo that just, you know, started playing really young mm-hmm. and, you know, lessons. And so that by the time wow. you were a teenager, you had crazy chops wow. and wow, mm-hmm. man. Wow. And you know, I always go have to go back to my roots because you know, at some point we all ask ourselves, what kind of drummer are we? What am I? Yeah. Where am I from? Like what, what moves me to play the drums? And, and that's your impetus, but that's not who you are and where you're going to go. And until you, unless you open up your ears and want to expand. So I am Beatles and Ringo to the core. Cause I could sing the songs. I know the beats. I know everything about it, you know? And but then I expanded my, my knowledge because I heard all this different kinds of music. And then I heard Parliament Funkadelic. And then I heard Stevie Wonder. Then I heard Weather Report. And then it's like, oh, wait, wait. And then who, Gad who? Oh, that, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. And then I, that's how I learned. I, my, my father was not, nobody in my family was a musician. My dad played the radio, all right? Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. That's what he played, you know? And, and nobody had any inkling of musicality except my brother in front of me, he played some guitar, so he had a band and they would, they had three chords and, you know, that was that. Yeah. But I, anything I learned was just, you know, and I thank God for just having an ear for music and just gravitating to it. And I let it seep into my DNA. So it's a blessing to have, you know, but I never had a teacher and that's, you know, right hand of God, you know, I never I know. Had, I believe you. I so Pat, would, I believe you, man. And what, would you say that was, was like listening? Cause I, I, I see a similar I see a parallel with, with how I started too, like with the stones and was it the Beatles music that sort of made you interested in playing the drums? Right. Yes. Like, right. Okay. That's same yes. with me. It wasn't like I, I mean, as a kid, I, I saw drummers on TV and I always thought it was cool, but it was like that music in my case, it was definitely the Beatles too, but like the stones and that led me to wanting to play the drums. And I, it was the same with you and Ringo yes. wanting you to, you know, that's that Again, music I'm really young, but I mean, um, I didn't have a drum set for those early times, but I had, you know, sticks that I guess my brother had got me from his, his band's drummer and gave it to me. And so, you know, I would just sit literally, John, as I would just put the record on and I would just sit in, in on the little couch we had down there and just listen. And then I'd pick up the sticks and I'd play on the couch or something. I just listen and I learned the lyrics and I'd flip over the album and we, and, and yeah, so the drums was just always me. Like, that's what I did. Like when I went for those lessons, that one lesson and I could play it's because that's what was in, in me. I mean, so I guess people say, can you learn to groove? Can you learn? I mean, you can, but at some point you got to also say, well, some people are kind of born with, with a, with an affinity towards it. Cause you know, you can listen to music all you want, but doesn't mean that you can just sit there and do it. And, and right. so it's, it's a hard thing. You know, even when, when I teach, it's the same thing, you know, uh, it's hard to to say like you have to listen to music before you can play it, and I think like kids today sometimes they don't listen to music; they watch music. 
Yeah. They don't yep. listen. They watch it and they come from a different head. Like, so when I play, I'm coming from what's in my ears and what's seeped into me by listening, not by watching it. So that's a little different. So yeah, that was the impetus. And then I just played, you know, then in high school and band, jazz band. Then I was in college. I went to Moorhead State uh, University in Kentucky and I was recruited there to go. And um, I, I got out of Jersey for like the first time. It was a big growing process, man, you know, and, and I wanted to be in an environment like there were people that were better than me in, in everything. You know, that's how I was going to I felt I was going to elevate yeah. myself. You were probably the hot shit drummer back home in, in Jersey. And you knew yeah, that, well, that. Yeah, there was a lot of this. good drummers. But yeah, you know, yeah. In, in the jazz, in the band and school band and then, you know, in the yeah. local drum corps and stuff. But I wanted to go and then I was in, you know, the Bridgman and stuff like that, the drum corps. And, but I wanted to go and learn music and be well-rounded, you know, yeah. and I didn't yeah. like Berkeley was not for me at that time because although I could play drum set, I, I, I never really had a drum set lesson formally, you know, until I got to college and then by sophomore year, you know, I wanted to audition for jazz vocal ensemble. This is a kind of a funny story and I don't want to talk too much, but the no, funny no, story, this is what can happen when you go to school and you don't speak up. If you don't, like speak up for yourself. You don't have to be a jerk about it, but if you don't tell people what you can do, how are they going to know? Right. You know? So people knew when I got to college, okay, yeah, he's a rudimental guy. Yeah. He's going to play marimba and all that. Nobody knew, like you didn't know. I, th this was my first, this is what I did when I was five years old, man. You know, yeah. you know, you weren't there in the room when I'm playing and learning all this <laughs> stuff. So I auditioned for the jazz vocal ensemble. And he had a drum set, you know, because the jazz band was full, right? So he was like, oh, you can't get in that. So, all right. So I'll go to jazz vocal ensemble. And I never played a standard, man. I never, you know, all I knew is I knew shuffles. And, and, and I could, I knew what jazz was, but I wasn't, sure. I didn't study it. So he starts playing, you know, all of me or something. And I'm just listening. And he goes, you know this? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I didn't know what the hell he was playing. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. So here we go. Ears went, Whoop. and he says, "Oh, it's A A B A." It's like A A B A. Okay, that means okay. it's like the chorus. I'm like, so I'm talking like pop language now. So you mean like the chorus twice, and then like the bridge, and then back to the chorus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Wow. That's all I knew. Yeah. So I'm hearing the jazz. So I'm like, okay, that's the chorus. Okay, got it. Oh, okay. He did it again. It's eight bars. Okay, cool. Bridge. All right. And that's how I learned. And then after the audition, he goes, where have you been the past year? Where <laughs> oh, have man. you been? I said, I've been practicing marimba and vibes and all of that stuff. He goes, well, you, you're in my band now for the next, however long you're here. So wow. I did that. Then I got in jazz and that's how I started learning. Then I took formal drum set lessons and then things started snowballing from there. Man, that's great. That That's, that's, it's a great story. It reminds me of our friend Dennis Chambers too, who exactly we yeah. had this conversation too. We talked Abs about our similarities. I'll bet. I'll bet. Cause mm -hmm. same, you know, same thing, man. It's just like, it's, and I, I got to think with your students, you probably can't emphasize that enough to, to kids studying with you that the you importance see, of like I have a, a nice room here, my stuff here with my video set up, but then I have another, like a little little kid over here. I got a big ass speaker in the corner. I got my CD player right here. 
that that's a that's a dj cd player that i can speed up and slow down oh yeah and it doesn't matter what what we're working on there's a play along track where we're listening to james brown or we're listening to the beatles or we're listening to, to tower power or we're listening to earth wind and fire we're applying that to music like from jump and especially with some young students that did like i said they watch music they don't necessarily listen to it yeah yeah. So, you know, and, and, and adults, I, you know, I got adults, you know, pros, semi-pros, whatever come in and, you know, we're working on something. I'll just put the track on and say, okay, let's go. And you look at me like, well, are we going to do this first? I said, we're going to do it with the music. Yeah, let's go. You know, it's yeah, gotta be yeah, about yeah. the music. You can't be what you see on the page is not the music. Right on. And do you, would you say Pat, it's, I shouldn't say because of this, but it's kind of a different time now from when we started playing and you and like there was a time when you absolutely could only listen to music. You couldn't really watch yeah. it or, and so you were forced really to listen yeah. and now you kind of have these other, yeah. I mean, it, it, you can be distracted more easily now to, to not listen. Yeah. And it's, it's totally about listening. I mean, listen, all the great jazz drummers, yeah. you know, Blakey, let, you know, we could just go, go on. They're yeah. not formally trained drummers really <clears throat> just listen and yeah. you know if you have that gift of of listening and then imitation is how we learn and that's how i learned a lot you know so I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you know and and this is this is another thing like like when i'm recording like people ask me this question i did a, another podcast last night hey man how much did you really practice for this did you really shed for this record like you know were you like working out parts I was like, other than us rehearsing the tunes, no. Um, I have what I have over the years accumulated, and it's if it's not there, it's not there. But what's there is there. But I'm not going to pre-plan anything other than the beat for the song. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to sit there and waste time and money. But I am prepared with the groove I'm going to play. I'm not sure how I'm going to get from point A to point B all the time or what fill or whatever. I didn't pre-plan anything I'm going to play or the drum solos that I did was one take. Wow, really? Everything like yep. the, the song running where you play the one take. You have that, wow. First take, only take. Again, right hand. I believe you, man. First yeah. take, only take. And we got video proof of it. It First sounds take, very take. fresh and in, in spont like fresh. that spontaneity, you know? So I guess we could talk about that. So we, we did Earth, Wind, and Fire's huge influence to me, too. Like in that same time period of growing up, you know, how stuff just hits you, man. And yeah. all in all, great record i yeah. am all of those records you know when you're impressionable like eighth grader or whatever that that stuff hits you with sincerity it smacks you in the face not just groove wise but lyrically you know yeah. and for me yeah. even spiritually in so many ways because of their message it was a great message to hear at that point in my life as a youngster you know to be inspired by that music absolutely uh so running you know, it, and it translated great for the big rhythm band because it's a what I like to call a, a body ah song. Body ah, body ah. Yeah, you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire lyric. Yeah, absolutely, body ah yeah. is a real lyric. You probably look it up in Google and you say yeah. it's Earth Wind and Fire lyric that you know, and it's <laughs> everywhere, right? So it's not a it's not a, a vocal tune. It's a body ah tune, right? Yeah. So all of that stuff translated really well. So I worked on the arrangements with one of the guys in the band and. And to me, everything it's got if it's it's gotta sound like the original as close as possible because you're taking vocals or non-vocals. People gotta relate to it. It can't be a hokey arrangement. And 
you know, I'm not going to name any publishers, but, you know, you get some of these arrangements and it's really kind of not great, you know. They're kind of like a little eighth grade band stuff. So I do, we did all our own arrangements. So we got through the song and I told, I told the guys before we cut it, I was like, all right, I'm probably going to punch the solo. So, you know, um, when we get to that moment and we'll probably stop and I'll probably punch in a solo and, and then I'll just bring you in with a six stroke roll fill, boom, and we'll just finish it out. So, you know, you're in the moment, you're playing, everything was great. We did the slow down and everything and boom, boom. And then I just closed my eyes and played. And I think that's just what you should do in that moment. As you're feeling it, you play it. And I know that's what all the greats have done. And I wasn't going to do anything different than they did. I wanted to just come out. And if it sucked, we did it again. Right. That's all. And just to play from my heart, what I was at that moment, you know, you know, not in no way I'd say if I'm comparing myself to Steve Gadd, but that's like my Asia thing. Like just play, just play and whatever comes out. If you don't like it, we'll do another one. You know, and I, I wasn't thinking of that at the moment, but I did it and just played what I played, ended it, and the band was like sitting here going, Oh man. It's great, man. He cut it. He cut it. Okay, here we go. Because they thought I was gonna stop. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I went one, two, boom, because I could do them. Okay. Yeah. And they're like, All right, here we go. You know? <laughs> oh, and man. I was like, that was it. And so I did not punch. I didn't do anything. No punch, no first take. So that was Bravo, Pat. It's great, man. That, that, that's an, it's a, just for everybody watching, if you, you got to go out and get this record, there's so it's many on all streaming platforms. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when we talked the other day before I left for my trip, you know, we had that conversation and you were saying, yeah, you know, I didn't want to make, it's not, it's not really a drummy record. And the more I listened to it, I, I totally know what you're saying, but anybody who, any drummers that think they don't, they might not buy it because it's not drummy enough. No. That's he's being <laughs> humble when he says that there's some great, great, great drumming. I mean, besides the great grooves, that song is a great example. There's lots of tunes. Hey, Pocky way is like, to me, like that's as, that's as drummy as you ever have to be. Like, that's just some you, serious shit going on. There, well, man. the Hey, Pocky way. Now there's an example of, okay, that's not maybe the a New York vibe tune, but you know, like, again, you're talking about a groove potpourri, right? Yeah. So I had, I, and I love New Orleans music. It's so special to me in terms of the history of the drum and the history of our American music. And I've studied it so much. I mean, went back when I was a student at the collective with Ricky Sebastian and studying with different guys. And then he turned me on to listen to this, listen to that, listen to, you know, all these different people. So I learned in, in, you know, the difference between a second line and a Mardi Gras Indian beat and a Zydeco Cajun. So I learned all of that stuff, soaked it in, listened to it. So it's, it's kind of seeped in. So I wanted to do that. I found an arrangement that I bought, bought the arrangement. We had a rehearsal. We played through the arrangement and it's like, okay, so far so good. And then we get to a couple parts. It's like, not so good. Okay. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's hokey. We're getting rid of that. And we kept on going, but it had good bones. Yeah. Yeah. The arrangement had good bones. And I said, all right, let's just massage this a bit and let's take this out. Let's revoice this. I'll put a little solo in here. We'll take this. You know, I needed some slide guitar. Let's put a slide guitar solo in there. Don't do those corny backgrounds in there. Take those out. You know, stuff like that. So we kind of massaged the arrangement a bit. And um, and like that was no click. Okay. That was no click. Okay. That was, um, I was fortunate. I asked Sergio Bellotti to come 
um, come down and, and record. Um, so he came down and played some percussion. And, you know, he was just tambourine. You know, I counted it off and he was saying, oh, man. You know? And I said, let's go. You know, no click. We're off and running. And, and it's just got to come from a deep, deep place, you know. So um, that was a lot of fun. I love, I love the track. And it's my homage to the great drummers of, of New Orleans, you know, yeah. the great grooves. Beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful rendition. I've heard it played many times by many other great drummers. Mm -hmm. And you're right alongside all those great guys I've heard play it. I mean, it's it's <clears throat> you played it exactly with that authenticity of the whole it's really authentic New Orleans sounding. Beats. Yeah, and you know, and again, that's a little bit of like, you know, like my rudimental thing, right? People know me, hey man, I bought your your video when I was a kid, you know, it's like great, make me feel old. Thank you very much. But all the <laughs> The rudiment stuff, you know, and, and play that, you don't play it like as precise as, a, as you would in a drum line and stuff. You got to be, and I'm fortunate that I grew up playing a little bit more looser and open in a, in a drum core thing that I did. So, you know, really open rolls, you know, some buzz, some buzz flams and stuff. And all that stuff's got to be organically right. It can't yeah, be like, yeah, yep. you know, it's got to have a little, a little garlic and a little macaroni yeah, on it yeah yeah exactly no man. you know and i you know i i'm you and tommy i you know i i you guys are a lot alike in many respects and 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 different at the same time but he you guys remind me of each other and that you've got that rudimental background but you can play you can you know you can play all that incredible stuff that you learned maybe you know through your drum corps years but you mm -hmm. can apply it to the drum set very mm. um like you just said, it, it, it's organic and it's, it has to come out organically. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I think what, you know, and I can remember being in drum corps and maybe all of us can remember the time that we first heard Asia. Yeah. You know, and if you haven't, then you need to. <laughs> so, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I can remember listening with my drum corps friends and, 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 and this is again, how I learned and we're listening, put the, you know, I'm kind of might've been a cassette by this time. I don't know. Right. right. Late seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Early eighties, mid eighties by the time I got my ears on it. Right. And, and I was like, shut the front door. What? I mean, it is, it's rude. But then I'm like, that's a random acute. Oh, those are six stroke rolls. Wait a minute. That's, and I'm like, <laughs> okay connection made i get it it's got to come from that organic place and you do it musically you don't try to put square peg in a round hole and and like my other drummer friends who drum who play drum set rudimental guys that's around McHugh. here i was going you know all of this stuff you talk that drum language and nobody wrote that shit down for me man yeah yeah <laughs> we just sang it and learned it you know but that's you know thanks i have to thank god for everything but when it comes to all of that stuff man so many great influences i've had you know and you know just he's just right up there you know? he's a pretty good drummer that steve gad you know he's pretty steve good gad? he's just he's a okay heart of a man he really is i gotta just sidebar quickly so i, I talked to him the other day while i was still in italy is and he on the road in, still or is he home? he's on the road with james taylor he's in that's he right. was that night i talked to him he was in leeds england getting ready wow. to do a show and uh, we had missed each other before I left. So I, I called him and, and uh, checking in and 
you know, he's so funny. He wanted to know all the restaurants that we've been eating at and you know, like <laughs> how, how was the hotel and have you been running? And, and he's just like, he's, he's a, he's a mentor in so many levels, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's like, he's, he's just such a great, and I have, I have a Steve Gatz story and we'll continue on whatever, what you want to talk about with, but, um, you know, I probably not going to see this, but, um, I've thanked him numerous times, but one of the times before COVID that I saw him, he was, we were texting back and forth and he's going to be, he was in New Brunswick here with Sanborn because, mm. you know, come out, come out, come hang. It's going to, you know, we'll go grab a, a Starbucks, right? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and he goes, hey, Paul, come on. <laughs> Come over, you know, come hang. Can you come to the sound check? I, I, my drums just aren't sounding great. You know, I just want to, I need a new set of ears on my drums. You know, you know how he's, how he yeah. is. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll be there. So we get to the, to the theater and, and, and I, you know, his drums are set up and he's hitting the drums like, man, why don't they sound so boxy? And I'm looking at it. There's all kinds of blankets and stuff is stuffed into bass drum. And, and I'm like, Pulling out like 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 the old clowns pulling the thing out of their sleeve, and I'm <laughs> pulling the stuff out of bitch. I'm like Steve, this, 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 you know that this is all. I, I don't know, man. Really, I was like, I don't really think this needs to be all this stuff. So I'm I'm doing that, and I say, well, sit down and play. So he's playing, and I'm like in heaven because you know it's my man's in front of me, and he's playing, and I could hear the tom bottom heads are loose, and this this and that. And I just put a little bit in the bass and goes, oh, that sounds great, man. That's it. That's it. And the bass drum was sounding good. And I said, let me, I said, do you mind if I tweak? No, no, no. So I had to tune up the bottom heads a bit and get him singing. Like I had to get him his sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so we fixed him up and, you know, he's fine. And I'm standing back. I said, I think you like, goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a lot better. Could you sit down and play them? And I will go out and listen. <laughs> Oh. I said, no, I won't. No. <laughs> I was like, okay. So you want me to sit on those drums while you listen to me play. Is that right on? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, okay. So, um, and he went back there and I'm just hitting the kick. So I said, I think you can feel, hear that thump now and, you know, not boxy. And then hitting the toms and going around the drums, you know, some rolls on the snare. The pop head was a little bit, I know he detunes it a little bit, but it was almost like off. So let's fix that, go around a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just doing that, yeah, 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 yeah thing. And I'm just, is this good? Is this what you like? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then I just did one of his, and then I did a couple of my little, you know, feeling a little bit. Steve Gadd, you know, so thank him for everything he showed me, you know. Uh, and I played, a, you know, one of his licks and I did kind of my little variation on that. And let's give him, let him sing a little bit. And then he goes, what was that second one you did? Why did you do that one? I could totally so hear him doing that. Here is a moment that, and I said, yeah. well, listen, I just learned this from you. And then all I did was put the bass drum here and did this. It was the same thing that you did. Goes, oh, yeah, that's great. And I said, well, I couldn't do this. It wasn't because if it wasn't for you. I know he's such a, and such it was a that moment guy. that was just, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I had to let him know that I thank you, you know, that this is because so many drummers can take what he heard, what he did and, on it and then wouldn't you know after that like i'm backstage and sanborn comes in and they're they're getting ready and here he is 
working out the thing that I just did. No kidding. And I'm sitting here going, wow, this is not happening right now. <laughs> He's That's always a student. He's just yeah, that yeah, guy. Exactly. That's yeah. a, again, a, a right-hand God. And he's like going, he's doing now because I was showing him what they were, and it was the same thing you did, just a little different orchestration, little different voicing, putting the bass, and he's working it out and he's learning. It. And I'm like, that's what it's all about, man. Exactly. No, that's, that's I, I totally believe that's exactly him. And, you know, he, he loves you. I don't have to tell you that because no. I, I remember this is, this was 10 years ago because I know it was my last PASIC at Zildjian was 2012. Yes. And it was your birthday. Your birthday's mm -hmm. in November. I know that. And you yep. had a clinic on your birthday. Yep. yep. And I was going to yep. come by. I said to you, you know, come by and see you before the clinic or I'll be at the clinic. And yep. I had a Starbucks with Steve that yep. morning. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, I want to go. Patrick Trill is doing a clinic. Let's, let's go. Yeah, come on, let's go. And he came with me. So, I remember that. And you were like, I, I saw you and I'm thinking, I hope this doesn't freak Pat out because it would freak oh, me out. If, if he, but you were so happy to see him oh, and man. we took a nice picture. And Yeah, it but, was great. Yeah. Was great. Yeah. I thank you so much for that. And it's oh, just, yeah, man. It's, you know, it, you know, you'll just get a text out of the blue and just, Hey, that's going, whatever. And that's yeah. just the way it is. And, but I thank you for all of that. So that's my big oh, long-winded gad story. But that's, those of you who know, Steve, that's who he is. And any great drummer, that's who they are. That's who they are. Exactly. That's yep. who they are. They're not like guitar players. Like, no, you're not showing, I'm not showing you my licks. No, 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 no. Right. <laughs> Drummers are not like that, you know. I could see Steve thing. Smith being exactly the same way. Like Absolutely if, if he saw you and, play something, yeah, he'd go, show me that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And Peter Erskine, I had the, the joy of studying with, I mean, and I'm going to show you guys something. I had the joy of studying with Peter at, at the collective. I took a master class with him and then I asked him, you know, if I could study with him and I had to play for him first. And he goes, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then I went up to his apartment on 23rd street and I have, I recently found all my lessons with Frankie Malabe and Peter on cassette that I am now transferring over. And I had a similar moment with Peter when I was taking lessons. I recorded everything and he was breaking me down, man. And, and I was broke down and he really honed me in on my timekeeping in everything, not just jazz. And then, you know, he goes, all right, you know, he wanted me to play, you know, and let's play a little bit. Let's see what you got, you know, and I started doing some of my little gadly licks and how'd you do that show me that one and i have it i have the proof he says it <laughs> any great drummer will do that if i see somebody uh, even online or anybody do something like man that was cool what yeah oh i see what you did and that's that's how we learn that's, that's really how yeah. we learn I, i'm gonna quick peter story exactly what you're saying um and i've told this story before and it's a it's a it's a shameless way to throw our my my hero charlie watts into the mix but oh, i brought man. peter and uh, and a bunch of drummers steve white uh, we were it was in london to see charlie play with his jazz band at ronnie scott i've seen this pictures was, of that yes. yeah it's 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 uh andy newmark and and steve white and and uh myself yeah, peter yeah. yeah and so so we go and see charlie um after the after this i think it was after the first set or after the show and uh he knew Andy a little bit, you know, he knew Andy cause Andy played with Ronnie Wood and he knew who Peter was. They'd never met before, but he kind of pulls me aside and he said, what'd you have to bring him for? You know, it was like, he was, he was glad he was, you know, glad to see everybody, but he knew Peter was like legit 
jazz, you know? And he's like, yeah. what, why did you have to bring him? Oh <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you know, so, so for him to, for him to give you praise, you know, for Peter has that way of, of intimidating people. So in a nice yeah. way, you know, yeah, exactly. love him. In a nice way. Such an influence on me, but he's, he's Jersey through and through, you know, he's from, he's from, you know, South Jersey and, you know, he, he got that, you know, this, that fire, but yet the passion, but the delicateness and, and everything, but he really helped my time. So thank you, Peter, for everything yeah, you did yeah. for all of us. That's so, great. Well, so talking about teaching and, and I know we're, we're want to, we'll wrap it up in a little bit, but I wanted to segue over to the collective because you mentioned studying there and yeah. then, and then later you were on the faculty for 20 Bunch of years off and on. Yeah. Yeah. There was time I was there for maybe, you know, five, six years. And then I did more gigging and playing Broadway stuff. And then right before we, it kind of like closed in some ways about another six, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a cool hang. Had a lot of but good I students. Teach, yeah. Through, I teach yeah. privately zoom wise too. I have, you know, a few, a few days a week, I have students who come to me from, come up from Philly or from, I have a guy who comes from, from actually from West point from, he's in the army band there. He comes down um, so, you know, I do that. I do zoom. So, you know, people can hit me up on Instagram too, and message me at Pat P drummer. That's my Great. Instagram handle, Pat P drummer and Pat P drummer.com is my website. Very simple. I kind of made them synergistically easy, but you know, I, I teach a lot still, you know, I, um, um, the biggest thing the past, you know, year or, or so has been the band. And now, um, the thing is, has released so well. Uh, it's starting to move up. I mean, there's a smooth jazz track on here, but it's really an R&B track. Um, knocks me off my feet. It's a cover of Stevie Wonder. And but uh, the label, which is Autumn Hill Records, so I want to thank those guys for for doing this and, and the promotion that they're putting behind it and everything. And it's already creeping in the top 100 uh, charts on smooth jazz thing. Great. It's only been out two weeks. So I, I figured, like, listen, you know, by any means necessary, if if that means that smooth jazz thing people get to recognize what the record is and then they go download it great you know um so that was the first release and then um in november we're going to release 48th street the the now rogers track we'll have a very cool video too maybe we'll debut it on your show or something yeah man awesome so, well quickly too pat if, can you run down besides niles i know osnoy there's yes. some really great guests on this record i mean so like on on uh, black cow and and big man from Mulberry Street is Osnoy, and I recorded with Oz a little bit uh, prior to this, and so it was great to have him on this record too, because I I heard his sound on Black Cow. Now Black Cow, again quintessential New York thing. Yeah, man. But it wasn't recorded in New York. I wondered that it was recorded it in was L.A. In probably. L.A. And yeah. you know who the drummer was? Bernard Purdy. No, no, no. Black Cow. No, no, Paul that was uh, Humphrey. Paul Humphrey. Paul Humphrey. Yes, yes, yes. And who was Paul Humphrey? He was the drummer for Lawrence Welk. Now, go. I mean, yeah. Can you get more? Like, I know. Is that crazy? That's right. Yeah, and he he has quite a, a session resume. Paul Humphrey. Amazing. Besides, yeah, yeah. I mean, like kind of like a, you know, like a a Shelley man who who exactly yeah, like a session guy, but also do like a, everything. Everything. So underrated. Yeah. But anyway, so. I kind of massaged those parts a little bit, brought it up to date a little bit. I had to have Oz on there and he sounds fantastic on black oh, cow. Yeah. Uh, and then on, um, he's also on big man of Mulberry street, which we talked about. 
um, running, what we talked about, and then Hey Pocky Way. But then there's one uh, another track that I wrote called Asbury Days. So the other kind of thing that um, I wanted to get is more of a like a who we talk about who are you as a drummer and who am I? What do I like? And in this area in Jersey, you know, this scene, yeah, Bruce and this and that, but so many different, like the, I think the big thing is horn bands. Like Jersey is kind of known for that, you know, yeah. rock and horn band kind of thing with Southside Johnny and the Asbury Dukes. Sure. That's the kind of vibe I wanted to create with this song. So I wrote this track that it's a fun party song, but it's, you know, you're going to listen to it and you're going to know you're in Asbury park. Yeah. yeah. So, I wanted to get uh, a harp solo on it. And John Popper is literally from the town next door here. So I essentially just reached out to his management. I said, Hey, Pat Trillo from Jersey. Da, 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 da. I would love and be honored if John would play on my record. We're going to do, you know, this track that I wrote. So we had, uh, came up with a little demo, sent it to him. He goes, Oh, it'd be, you'd love to do it. It's unmistakable so he, too, that it's John, you know, uh, yeah. sorry for interrupting, but it's, no, it's, he, it's so great. Yeah. Mm. so he you know he blew a solo on it and uh then i had you know i have a lot of guest guitarists just, that's sort of the rotating theme on the record is you know between now rogers and Osnoy, and i had bd lens i want to shout out to bd lens um guy who's from this jersey area too great put out his own records as well but i got felicia collins to play on this one and you know she's on the letterman band and just a great yeah. you know rock Reuben rock guitar player so she covered the melody that i wrote so asbury days is a lot of fun and uh d-a-z-e as a matter of fact because i like to just you know like yeah. you like to go to your beach up there like there's <laughs> days i just need to take get in my car a half an hour i'm in asbury park and i'm just chilling you know that's just, beautiful I, man i just gotta relax you know and that's the way to do it i think everybody needs that no matter what you gotta refresh your soul and your spirit and your ears and you gotta turn off sometimes you know yeah and then what else do we not talk about oh so there's got to be a beatles cut right so it's gotta be it's like all right what i wanted to get a, a vocal cut on this one as opposed to an, an instrumental so i asked my buddy glenn burtnick who i've known actually for many many years his brother and my brother were in said band back in the day so his brother and my brother were together and then we he was he's older than me by like nine or ten years maybe and but we hooked back up again and i did a lot of his solo projects in the 90s yeah early 2000s and uh so he's saying um it won't be long cut one record one and i always thought like this would be a great way to like horn backgrounds and hits well the yeah 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 like yeah that kind of thing so horn backgrounds and kind of rocket you know make it bring it up to date a little bit and then i had popper blow a solo on that one as well great so, uh, it's a yeah. really diverse diverse record man you know and i'm just real proud of it and i think drummers will dig it um because i think they're gonna really like the grooves i think they're gonna like overall the whole the music in general so it's I it's not so, a dig yeah. it's not a dig me record you know no no it's not you know okay can we turn that guy off a little bit you know? <laughs> just a little 
but there's plenty of dig me moments. You know, that's the great thing is that there's plenty there for drummers to to dig, but it's not because I, I think we both know there's only so many people that want a total drummer yeah. dig me record. Yeah. You know, this is this is something for everybody. And I think Lenny Pick Lenny Pickett is uh, Pinkett is on and it Lenny as well. Pickett, yeah. So on 48th Street, Lenny Pickett uh, blew a solo, and 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 Nile too. It's like Nile said. There's like a, a thing that I have with Lenny was going to blow on the whole solo. And I was like, well, can I solo? Like, uh, duh. <laughs> yeah, of course you can. So, uh, cause he doesn't get a chance to, you know, stretch a bit like that, you know? So you hear him, even it's only four bars, whatever, but it's killing, killing, you know? And then he just goes back to, to be a Nile, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So a lot of great players on this and, um, we have CD and vinyl. The CD and vinyl are on. You can order it on my site, which is patpdrummer.com. Limited edition vinyl. We got a bunch sold. We're not quite halfway. We only got 100 copies. Uh, but a bunch of CDs and the rest on every streaming platform, um, we just blasted it out. And no matter what you listen to, Deezer, Napster, you know, whatever, iTunes, Apple, Amazon, it's all out there. So please add it to a playlist. Check it out. Great, great stuff. Well, I see a couple of questions here, and um, I know we're we're getting to the end here, but I see Daniel Peterson asked, um, "Can you talk briefly about your time in the prep for playing Broadway shows? How much freedom uh, do you have playing in that context?" I think that's a great yeah. uh, candidate for winning a one of the sure. fabulous door prizes. Absolutely. And and also uh, there was another great question I saw from. Uh, I know someone had asked you about designing your, your P4 practice pad. Okay. Yes. Joe Goldberger. Okay. And, um, maybe well, one more. About, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll talk about the, the Broadway freedom. You have zero freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer to that is zero. Um, so <laughs> I've never had my own show. You know, many people have, but I've, kind of liked dubbing a lot because you know, I do one show one night and then two nights later, I'll be doing a different show. But you, you, you learn, you spend more time learning a show and time and effort. If you want to put a value to that, you'd have to play the show like eight or 10 times to get the value back to you finally, you know, the time that you spent learning the book, you know, to go in and play. So I, I, I tend tended to, I haven't subbed in a minute. I've been too busy kind of getting my band thing together. Cause you, I mean, you can't do like, you can't spread, you do everything too many things and then none of them really get done really well right so yeah kind of focus a little bit so kind of out of the subbing scene now but you got to just do if you're going in for playing to somebody you got to do it just like they do it because there's also a lot of politics involved and there's no room for you to do you there you got to be that dude so you go in and play and have a great time and just have fun playing what's on the on the seat on the page now some fills you know you have a little bit more liberty to do a couple of things but I tend to do more group shows. I kind of don't do more percussion shows. So you have a little bit of room and I'm sure cast like Sammy Marindino will say the same thing. Like if he's looking for a stuff, you got to do what's there. That's it. No more, no less. You got to do what you're supposed to do. And that's the professionalism being on the job, you know, and um, following a music director, you know, like when I was in Patti LaBelle's band, that was the first time I was really with an actual MD who was like the conductor who was like, you're going to break it down here. And it's like, okay, we've never done that before. No worries. We're still here, you know, and following conductor and, and just doing whatever you have to do to make the gig work. So you have no freedom at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer to that question. So 
But I played some great shows, man. My, my first show was a chorus line, the original, and that was a gas, man. And I, I actually played it all the way up to the closing. I did the second to last show. And what piece of history that was. That was amazing. That's great. I mean, playing any Broadway show to me is like as, as far, as, as foreign as I could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the discipline, everything that it takes to, to, to do that. And, uh, you know, tip my hat, yeah. man. That's like, there's a lot to it. And there's a, there's a lot of, you know, listen, it's, it's politics and everything pretty much that you do, but you, you know, you, you have to continue relationships and develop relationships. You got to have a really thick skin in this business in general, you know, you has got to let stuff roll off you. You know, you can get a note from a, a conductor who's not even the, he's like the assistant conductor and he's giving you a note, you know, about, yeah. you know, bar 30 was too slow. And you just graciously, thank you very much. And I'll, you know, make a note. You can say whatever you want to yourself, but you better keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Say it. yeah. You got to have a thick skin. That's all. But thanks for that question. Yeah. That's what a great would you question. Like? We'd like a CD. We'd like a, a vinyl or a t-shirt. Yeah. Let if you're know. still there. Daniel, if you can uh, let us know, or you know what I can do when we're done, we can reach out to these guys and find out, Perfect. get their addresses and all that stuff too. Yep. Um, and the P4 practice pad has been on drum is available everywhere now on Amazon. I just designed it as I was a teaching and I put two pads in front of each other and I started getting these ideas and then two levels turned into three levels. And then I researched different rubbers and it's made here and as the rubbers made here in Asbury park. And shipped to Kentucky, where it's assembled. I have a manufacturer down there, and then they ship it to Drumio. So there's a nice little team happening there. And it's, uh, you know, you can go, if you're a member of Drumio, you're familiar with it, or you can just go on Drumio and order it, or on it's on Amazon, uh, pretty much anywhere, like one of those online places. And it's just a, you know, the world didn't need another practice pad, but this is very different. You know, it's yeah. three levels yeah. and four different surfaces. So it's like a little little drum set. I remember when you came out with it, yeah, and and uh, I, you said something like, you know, it's not like the world needed another one of these, but it's 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 cool, it's different, it's it definitely has, it, yeah, yeah. It serves a purpose too. It serves it a purpose for sure. Coordination and stuff, you can hear different services. Yeah. So. Right on, um, and I do want to mention before we wrap things up that um, Pat is going to be featured in this is the Modern Drummer podcast, and this should be on MD's, uh, all their platforms this coming Thursday, which is the 13th, I think. Yeah. And Pat is going to be in an upcoming issue of MD. Um, not sure exactly when, but it's going to be down the road a ways, uh, which is great because this record has lots of legs. So keep your eye out for that. It's going to be a nice yeah, feature. Thank you very much. And I've never been in Modern Drummer. Crazy. I know. know. Yeah. But it's all right. It is what it is. And there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. So, uh, that's, yeah, in a couple of months, I'm pretty sure that will, that will be happening. Good, good, good. Yeah. Well, good. It'll, it'll, and that'll serve to, you know, kind of keep this whole thing and out there. The record you know? alive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, again, anybody that, that, um, would like to reach out for any kind of reason, whatever, whether it's, you know, a zoom lesson or whatever, just hit me on Instagram, this Pappy drummer, and we'll, we'll connect, you know? But, Great. Uh, you can download it anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Download it. Well, Pat, you were nice enough to send this to me. And uh, I actually I actually downloaded a copy as well. Because do you, like, do you have a vinyl player? I don't do have do a vinyl? vinyl player. You don't, don't do vinyl? Okay, I don't. I, don't I keep... Vinyl. No, thank you cool. anyway. I, I... Lighter notes in the back. 
Let me see. And you know what? I got the, the vinyl that we did is we got the recycled. Uh, so every record is a little different color. So that's kind of very cool. cool. I'll bet it sounds amazing on vinyl. Like that's. Yeah. We mastered on uh, Ampex 315 uh, tape machine. Too. I think I mentioned that to you. So it's got that yeah. little thickness to it, you know? That's that's it, man. That's that that's the sound right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it ain't cheap to do that either. So No, and you know what the and anybody that's looking to do vinyl, um, be prepared to wait a long time. But I will give a plug to a company called solidmerch.com. Solid merch, M-E-R-C-H. I had called so many places and labels like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I was like, well, I'm calling all these places. Yeah, man, we're backed up here. Year, year and a half for vinyl. I ain't going to work. One company, I think down in South Jersey said, you know what? Try this company called Solid Merch. Call them up and they manufacture them in the Czech Republic. And they do short runs, you know, Great. we're only going to do yeah. hundred Just short runs for like a, a eight to 12 week turnaround. That's amazing. We yeah. just got them in last week, right before the release. Amazing. And it sounds great. Wow. It sounds great. So my worry was <laughs> the record's gonna show up <laughs> like on a like thin, you know, we paid for the one <laughs> just a little piece of whatever and all messed up spelling. <laughs> yeah. Good luck getting uh, your money back or whatever. Good luck yeah. Get yeah. your money back. No, it was no, but it all... so I highly recommend that company. Good deal. Good deal. Well, Pat, man, it's it's been awesome, a pleasure, an honor, my, a blast. My, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank everybody so much for watching. Thank you all. Uh, this has been a blast, and I want to thank Pat once again for being here today and congratulate you on thank this you. great record. Thank you, bro. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So as happy Ringo would say, peace and love, peace and love. Peace and love, peace and love.